0: Exciting, extra special episode of the Throwdown Thursday. I am your hostess with the mostest. I am the real housewife of Transylvania. I am the mistress of Merlot, and I am drinking wine from a box right now. <laughs> I am Ashes von Nightmare. <laughs> I am also joined, you know, aside from myself, I'm joined, (laughs) I'm also joined, this is a great start, Uh, I'm joined by the ironborn, the giggle-tastic, the president of the Ginger Brit Men fan club, Agent Nicole.
1: I am back! She is not in jail anymore. I am not in jail anymore. Anymore. Oh well, God, I can't speak her either. But last week's episode, we left it on a cliffhanger because I decided to stop talking because a little angry nerd decided to piss me
0: off. Speaking of a little angry nerd or a not so little angry nerd. Um, Patsy, the angry nerd, is not with us today. I he- took him out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Agent Nicole beat him with brass knuckles in the parking lot. <laughs> she was like, no, motherfucker. I want to talk. And so, yeah, so while Patsy is outside nursing a bloody nose and a black eye, we are in here in the nice and almost cool studio recording for all of you lovely people. Uh, No, Patsy is actually at home. He uh, still has laryngitis. He can't speak. So funny story about Patsy, like every year... Slash year and a half He gets something called vocal fatigue I know shocker guys Patrick gets something called vocal fatigue And the only like Cure for it The only way that you get better from something like that Is by not talking That's really hard Which is torture for Patrick (laughs) Like I mean like torture (laughs) So what he does is he finds This uh, text to speech App on his phone uh, one that has a variety of voices to choose from, and he torments the hell out of me.
1: I'm surprised he's not using that at work. Uh, well, uh, well yeah, oh, don't tell me work. that tomorrow
0: I'm going to go. No, into work. no, no, but I don't. I'm not going to plant the idea in his okay. head. So don't say anything. Well, it's OK.
1: I won't be here back. for a couple of days. So <laughs> I won't hear the text to speech.
0: So we're also joined by The dude who makes us sound good The guy who keeps our show rolling Mr. Johnny Wolfenstein
2: And there's nothing I could do For Patsy the last two weeks Even I can't fix that
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know this is lasting a while Like he had a head cold And he was blaming me He was
1: blaming me for getting him sick Which I like didn't have Well I did lose Well yeah a little
0: bit of my voice was taken away But not for like almost a month I know it's been it's actually yeah it's been probably about a month at this point I think he had it um
2: he <laughs> must be in heaven actually <laughs> no
0: you know it's worse you would think just, so yeah, like kidding, you yeah. would think so but he gets um he needs to to Make up for the fact That he's not talking Yeah So he not only Tries to talk Which pisses me off Because I'm like Dude The only way You're gonna get better Is if you shut the fuck up So shut the fuck up <laughs> And he's just like oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm like Patrick Shut the fuck up Like I'm sitting there Looking like this horrible wife Like trying to get Shut the fuck up Shut the fuck up Patrick You're not gonna get any better Like I I, You know I actually I I'm, I'm, think I'm one of the only people Who actually truly likes Patrick So um, <laughs> <laughs> You know I want him to get better I no, wanted to, w- to do things and to actually have a speaking voice. And
1: As much as Patrick pisses me off on a regular basis, I do hope he gets better. Even though last night he was at the point where I ended up sending him this like meme of this little girl with this like devilish look. And like in the background is a fire that's, I mean, a house that's on fire. And I was like, keep this up. Your desk is going to be on
0: fire soon. I believe we have a voicemail. From Patrick about that oh, So shit. we'll get to that later <laughs> We'll get mm. to that story later But today We are going to be talking about Sean from Sean of the Dead One of my favorite movies Woo. For multiple reasons But before we get into our character discussion Hey Agent Nicole Hey Ashes What you watching?
1: I'm watching a lot of shit Yeah um, So the new season Or, or the revamp? Well the return, uh, Twin Peaks, the return. How is that? Uh, okay,
0: can- I don't have, it's on what, Showtime? It's on Showtime.
1: Yeah, I don't have Showtime. You can get the um, kind of subscription for like eight bucks a month through Amazon. Really? And, yeah. And, oh, I need more people. I need you guys to get catch up <laughs> because it's gotten... A, it's a complete mind fuck. Like I don't know where we're going with it. Some of my questions have been answered, and then more questions are being brewed up because I'm like, what the fuck is going? Like you don't understand. Like it's wonderful. It's beautiful.
0: Kyle McLaughlin looks damn good. Oh yeah, I've I've seen some of the um, stock photos mm-hmm. from the the show, and oh my goodness, like some of these some of these people age like a fine wine. Bobby, fine, fine Bobby, yeah. oh my God! Bobby has cheekbones for days. He's a silver fox now. It's funny. Um, we uh, Patrick and I went to see Wonder Woman last week, and mm-hmm. we'll actually be talking about that later. But uh, before they did some of the the movie previews, mm-hmm. they actually did a trailer for Twin Peaks. Oh, and the people sitting behind us. They're like, oh man, that's David Lynch. Oh, he's one fucked up dude. And I just looked at Patrick and started laughing. And
1: <laughs> it, it gets a little, it is like a roller coaster of a mind fuck with this this new return of Twin Peaks. Like, um, I need more people to talk about. I know I know Jeremy McFarlane is a huge Twin Peaks fan, so I know we've talked a little bit. But like, I need I might need like a support group to get me through this. <laughs> I've joined like multiple like Twin Peaks fan groups on Facebook and I still don't I still need a. I need more because I'm just trying to like solve things and I'm like I can't solve things because of how Twin Peaks is like I have to rewatch it and I'm like oh god maybe I'll just watch that on the plane this weekend just six hours of Twin Peaks just trying to get through it but like they released the first four epi- episodes the week um, it came out And then I was hoping like, oh, we're going to get two episodes each week. Nope, they're now going by one episode a week. So I don't know. Sunday nights are going to be hard between Twin
0: Peaks and Game of Thrones. Oh, my God. I am so excited for Game of Thrones to come back. (gasps) I'm going to start rewatching that soon. Yeah, Patrick has been rewatching it. So I've caught bits and pieces of, you know, like in and out of Mm -hmm. what he's been catching up on slash. Well, not really catching up, but rewatching and trying to uh, remind himself of like what happened because so much happens but we actually just recently got somebody else into oh, the show, yes. and so she uh our friend sydney she borrowed the first season from us and that's all she can talk about right now is how great game of thrones is and how like she's like why did it take me so long to get into this i'm like it doesn't matter how long it takes you to get into it it's the fact that you're here <laughs> welcome to the club you know <laughs> But I'm very excited for Game of Thrones to come back.
1: Um, I know, best birthday gift ever. Well, it's not on my birthday, but it's like a few days. It's before. It's
0: close we're enough. We I, can give you a, a Agent Nicole a Game of Thrones themed birthday party. Oh my god, that'd be great. We're gonna we're gonna party like the Lannisters, but <sighs> minus the incest and stuff. Yeah, that's please now, you no. know. <laughs> um, how about you? What are you up to? What are you watching? So there are two shows that I cannot get enough of right now. And one, the season five just dropped on Netflix. It is Orange is the New Black. Mm -hmm. I am obsessed. I love it. I want to talk about Excellent, well developed characters, mm-hmm. and I love how they've brought some of these secondary characters into the forefront. Yeah. Uh, everyone's getting, you're getting more backstory on some of the characters, and you're learning more as to who they are as a person, who they were before they went to prison, yep. uh, what landed them in prison, like why they're there, and some of their stories are so incredibly sad. Um but it's so good, it's so well written, it's so risque and kind of raunchy at times. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and for a woman's prison Holy crap The yeah. shit that goes on um, I don't want to go too far into it Because like I said The season just dropped So I yep. don't know if everyone's had the opportunity To to watch it I know but Stephanie was on that Like white on race. Oh my goodness As soon as So our Netflix account Was kind of wonky for a few days mm-hmm. So I didn't have the opportunity to watch it Like right when it dropped mm-hmm. But I do I know a
1: few people That I Are friends with That really Were like day
0: that Friday came out Oop Watching, I've actually Bush- done that in the past. I've been like, okay, you want to make plans for Friday night? No, uh uh uh. uh. That weekend, that entire weekend's blocked out. Like, I'm watching Orange is the New Black. <laughs> so, I did like our Netflix did get straightened out on Sunday, so I was able to start watching Sunday. So, I'm like two episodes, um, I think I have like two episodes left. Oh, wow, holy crap. Yeah, I've been busy. <laughs> um, and another show that is actually, uh, so today is Thursday. The finale is airing tomorrow On VH1 I am talking about RuPaul's Drag Race Sashay away Shantae you stay (laughs) Um, We're down to the final four Which is crazy Because I don't think We've ever had like a final four So this is the ninth season and that doesn't include the all the two all star seasons. So, ninth season, we've never had a final four. We've always had a final three. So, Ooh, wow. four girls are left and they're all pretty like so when we started the season, I was Kind of Feeling a couple of girls I'm like wow She's really pretty Wow she's really talented mm-hmm. um, And mind you Like if you're not Familiar with the show When I say girls I mean drag queens Like these are men in drag So like mm-hmm. the talent level Is just exponential Like it is just beyond Like these girls Are everything Okay Like they're so incredibly talented And Uh, so at the start of the season I wasn't really feeling some of the girls and I was just kind of like yeah whatever but honestly at this point the final four like any one of them could win Mm -hmm. and I would be so incredibly happy and that's Uh, I mean there's a couple of them that I'm pulling for a little more than the other two yeah but like I mean the final four like they all deserve to to win Mm -hmm. you got um They all represent different uh, types of drag. Yeah. You know, you have like the kind of like old school, like performer drag, who's more about the performance uh, than the actual like aesthetic. Yeah. And then you have um, one girl who is all about the art and very, Mm -hmm. very artistic. She's from New York. So she kind of has this. Um, like couture uh, aspect to her. Mm-hmm. And then there is one girl. Oh my God. Her body is amazing. Like she's had like injections in her bum and oh <laughs> my God, she has the most perfect bum I've ever seen ever. Like you should just, you just want to like motorboat her bum. <laughs> 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 no, I'm so serious. Like it's just like, it's so perfectly shaped. Like, Whoever did that work, like, that is a work of art. So kudos to that doctor. Um, and the other girl is just, like, she's from Chicago. So she represents, you know, a different type of drag. Yeah. And she's very, like, cool and uh, very artistic as well. So it's just, I love this show. I love the fact that it's now on VH1 uh, because it's kind of bringing it more to the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Where was it before? Was it on like a Bravo or something like that? It was, yeah, it was on Logo. Oh, Logo. And Logo's like the gay network. Yeah. I love Logo. Oh my God. Speaking of gay, so we just had Pride. Yes. uh, Which was awesome. I loved, I didn't have the opportunity to go because I was busy doing other things. Um, but I've seen people's pictures, and it's amazing. And can we talk about how? Speaking of characters, the Duke is how? Like,
1: I don't think I know. I know I'm so bad. Ba-
0: what the Babadook? So sorry. It's this, um, I'm sorry. Hashtag fail on my end. I'm s- so the Duke is a movie that came out in like what 2014, 2015. Okay. The Babadook is kind of like the, the villain in that um, movie. And it's great. I don't want to give too much away. Hold on, oh, no, I, I need to Google it's this. it's actually really, really good. But anyways, the Babadook has become like the symbol for gay pride. Mm-hmm. And it is just hilarious. Like, you know, I've been trapped in the closet and now I'm out. Like, that's kind of like what the character mm-hmm. For
2: does. like a completely like... Uh, ridiculous like there's no rhyme or reason to it no it's because someone thought the b in lgbtq was babadook
0: really <laughs> yeah
2: that's at <laughs> that's least that's what, it is? that's what i thought yeah
1: oh okay yes now i know what it is Sorry. I, I, I,
2: I think it was like reddit and like all these other sites that were just trolling people and saying yeah oh, that's what it is that's what reddit. it is uh-huh. and then it caught on
0: I mean, it's just, it's, it's great. I've seen, like, shirts that say Baba Shook on it. (laughs) Like, I am (laughs) Baba Shook. Um, It's just great. I love it. So, anything else, Nicole? Well, speaking of, like,
1: women and everything, uh, The Handmaid's Tale, I'm, like, starting to get back into it. I stopped watching it for a little bit because I've just, Hulu and I have been having issues lately and just so mad at it. It is so good. Elizabeth Moss oh she can act the fuck of anything i love her i love her in mad men as Peggy yes Olson. yes but sh- for fuck the emmys for not giving her a uh, um an award for her role as peggy olsen or was it golden globes i think it was golden globes that didn't give her any recognition for her role on um, Mad Men. Well, I mean,
0: it took forever for John Hamm to get recognition for his role, and I True, thought that yeah. m- multiple people of that cast deserved oh, accolades. Christina Hendricks. Oh my God, Christina Hendricks is gorgeous. I know, and I, she's so talented. Yeah, she is.
1: But um, Elizabeth Moss is just perfect for this role, and I I've set it on my files a couple of weeks ago. Please go check it out. It's just it's just so good and the acting's fantastic and it's like i've gotten last episode i was watching was just like the ending was like all sex and like you saw parts and i was like ooh, hulu just, <laughs> wow okay we're not shying away from hey, hulu.
0: <laughs> you go hulu and it was uh, i hope you get to watch it it's so good it's on my list. I'm, as soon as I'm done with like Orange is the New Black and a couple of other things that I'm working on right now, it's definitely on my list of I need to watch this. There's too many things on my list. I like I get yelled at for not going
1: and checking things out, but it's like I'm very picky <laughs> Uh, what I need to watch, like when Stranger Things comes, like nothing else will. Oh no yeah, Th-
0: there's no nothing else. Like it'll be Stranger Things until like I'm done with yeah. that season. My friend, her um,
1: son got to meet Dustin this what? this weekend. Oh my god! This past weekend, um, they were volunteering down in Connecticut, and he got to meet Dustin. And he like he um, the little kid. I don't want to say his name, but he like he's about 12 i think i'm sorry kid and um so he's about the age of the kids in the show yeah basically and he basically fanboy like he's never fanboy before like he's you know he gets really excited now like he's really starting to come to terms of like being excited for things for franchise and just to hear like he was basically having like all these cool moments with um the actor that plays dustin it was just, some of the pictures are so cute, and, like, I heard he's just, like, the biggest sweetheart ever, and I really want to meet Dustin.
0: Uh, so, speaking of fanboying, or or fangirling, mm-hmm. um, the Tonys were on, on Sunday, the Tony Awards. Oh, yes. I know what the Tony Awards are, yes. and I um, love Cable, so I didn't get I am... Now I, I think this may have replaced Hamilton for the time being. I still want tickets to Hamilton, so if anybody can make that happen, like hook a girl me up. Too. But um Dear Evan Hansen.
1: I think is, you've mentioned this to me before. Isn't like the kid from
0: Pitch Perfect in it? Yes. So the kid who played the uh the roommate of Skylar Aston. Yep. You're right. In Pitch Perfect. He's the kid who's like obsessed with Star magic. Wars and magic and stuff. Um he plays the title role Evan Hansen and not only did dear Evan Hansen win best musical at the Tony's when He won best actor That's in awesome. a musical as well. So um if you are into musicals and you want to check it out like you can YouTube um Yeah, check out on YouTube uh, clips and stuff of the Tony Awards performances and Mm -hmm. other performances. And I'm really hoping that some of these shows make their way off Broadway. Yeah. And kind of make the rounds at some points for those of us who can't make it out to New York to um, to see it. I know my
1: friends. I have a friend who's currently on the moving to New York stage. And I have a friend who just came back from um, working off cruise lines is like a huge musical nerd. So I'm guessing maybe this mm, this next couple of months I'll be going to see. We're going to Broadway, <laughs> yeah. So maybe, we'll maybe we'll see that or something really good. Like I really want to see musicals. I love Broadway. I've been there a few times and it's so cool. See, I haven't.
0: Be- I've been to New York City, but I haven't been. I've to been. I,
1: the last show I went to was called The Heiress and had Dan Stevens from Downton Abbey, or he played the Beast in Beauty and the Beast, and Jessica Chastain who she is, like, the sweetest person ever. I got to meet her.
0: You met Jessica Chastain? Yes. Really? Well, I'll show
1: you a picture. She smells nice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I gotta, nice, it's nice knowing that, you know, uh, a Hollywood actress can afford to take showers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was She, a good thing. she
1: was so... No- like, I was nervous meeting her because I was like, oh, my God. And this was right before she lost the oscar to jessica uh jennifer uh lawrence she was was this um was zero dark 30 oh okay she lost that too like they were rooting for her to win it and she lost it to jennifer lawrence which sucks but she she was really 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 nice and it was really funny because uh, so sorry for going off the rails but during, her sh- during the show, her dog got on stage and Jessica was just like, oh, picks up the dog like nothing was going on and just picks it up, pets it, and like kicks it out. Well, not kick it, but like scooted out of like the doorway back and then the dog came back again was <laughs> like, hey, I'm going to be part of the show. So it was really funny. It's just, but if you ever have the chance to go on Broadway and just to see a show, there's always tickets to all sorts of shows and you know, even if it's not the best show, it, you know, going to a show is really fun.
0: Well, not only that, like it's um, supporting the arts. Yep, Which is so freaking important. So just do it. Just go out there and do it. It's a really bad blurry picture because my friend. Can't it is a very bad blurry picture. My friend like, can't you can't look take adorable oh, and I can kind of you make can, her out.
1: Yeah. My friend totally can't take pictures.
0: Thanks, still, Rachel. Still <laughs> happens. Yeah. And you have the memories.
1: I have the autograph. Yeah. Memories.
0: So on that note, we are going to wind down this portion of our conversation. As you grabbed your wine. As I'm going to wind down. This is going to be an awesome girl power hour. I am excited. Not only am I excited to talk about one of my favorite characters from one of my favorite movies, mm-hmm. but I'm excited to continue to drink this wine that Agent Nicole bought for me. So thank you for that. I time. I know it's been a stressful week for everybody. I know. Uh, So, on that note, we're going to head to a break. So, why don't you grab yourself a pint at the Winchester and wait for this all to blow over? And we'll be right back. We're back. So thank you so much for uh, sticking with us. So today, ladies and gentlemen, cats and kittens, we are talking about Sean from Sean of the Dead. So Sean of the Dead is a 2004 British horror comedy, or zombie, film directed by Edgar Wright, written by Wright and Simon Pegg, and starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Simon Pegg plays our title character, Sean James Riley, who is a 29-year-old electronics salesman with no direction in his life. His younger colleagues disrespect him. Disrespect him, excuse me. He is estranged from his stepfather Philip, and his girlfriend Liz is unhappy spending every date at his favorite pub, the Winchester. So when we are first introduced to Sean, uh, he's just living his life. His buddy, uh, uh, Jesus Christ, why am I... Ed. Ed. Oh my goodness. It's going to be a great episode, kids. Yeah, we are drinking. (laughs) (laughs) No, his buddy Ed is... Uh, sleeping on his couch, mm-hmm. which he has been for the past five years. Yeah, apparently they went out one night to the Winchester. They got extremely drunk. Ed crashed on his couch and has been crashing on his couch ever since. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a roommate who uh, Pete. Pete, the I roommate. love the actor who plays Pete so much. Oh, but Pete's such a douche. I know,
1: but he. I'll,
0: I will. I'll talk about that later. But yeah, he is a douche in the in the movie. And, uh, yeah, so he has a roommate, Pete. Uh, Pete and Sean went to college together. Mm-hmm. And Pete and Ed don't kind of really get along. So Sean is kind of like the middleman between keeping the peace between Pete and Ed, the couch surfer. So Sean is a electronics salesman at Forey Electronics. And he's kind of just living his yeah life he's just you know he's just there
1: to just get a paycheck basically he has no ambition to do anything like it seemed like you know he's just just being there he's just trying to he's in a rut you see him just being yes. in a big rut.
0: Yes. And, you know, there's the scene where he's leading a team meeting at the <laughs> electronics store and all of the kids, and they're definitely kids. They look like they're 20 years old or less. Mm-hmm. So at least a decade younger than his character. Mm-hmm. They're all like chewing gum and look like they're completely unfazed with everything that he And says. answering and cell phones
1: during meetings. So. Right.
0: And he's trying to lead this... Enthusiastic, and I put that in air quotes because it's not really enthusiastic, but he's trying to be enthusiastic, Uh, team meeting to drive sales and motivate his employees. So, uh, and that is actually, I believe, where we are introduced to the ongoing phrase, you've got red on you. Yes. (laughs) Because uh, Sean has a pen that is in his pocket and his pen leaks. And it means he's got red on him. And that's something that definitely comes back to play uh, frequently in the movie. So Sean, after a bad day at work, Sean forgets to book a restaurant for his anniversary with his girlfriend, Liz. When he suggests the Winchester, Liz breaks up with him. He drowns his sorrows with his housemate and best friend, Ed, at the Winchester. At home, their housemate Pete complains of a bite wound from a drunk and berates Sean to get his life together. So, Sean, he tries. Sean tries. I think that's, that's yeah. he tries. Um, he waits to, to the last minute to book a date or book uh, a table at a restaurant for him and Liz he really tries he calls a couple of different places one of those places being full there are a lot of references to romero and other zombie movies throughout this movie which i think is one of the reasons why i love it so much and he just falls short yeah and scrambling last minute and he says (laughs) <laughs> we can go to the Winchester <laughs> and she's like I don't fucking think so we're done bye Felicia yeah, yeah. so in or in an attempt to drown his sorrows because not only is he not going anywhere with his career he really has no career mm-hmm. but now he has no girlfriend and so he grabs his buddy Ed and they go to the Winchester for a pint and uh, to drown their sorrows yeah, I think that's one of the
1: one of my favorite scenes in that where it does play homage to what's gonna happen in the movie where Ed is like this is our game plan. Like, first we're gonna have a Bloody Mary and then have a bite at the King's Head, then get a couple at some other place, and then bang at the bar and that kind of if you don't know, it kinda of follows the game plan of what's gonna happen in this in the story. But one of my favorite scenes and one of my favorite interactions between Sean and Ed, like, you see the relationship between them and, like, obviously, no matter what, Sean is always going to have Ed by his side and Ed is trying everything to make him feel better. Like, he does his, like, orangutan impression of Clyde and then he talks to... um, Sean tells him, like, you know, like, Liz doesn't want to be with me because she's scared of, like, what's going to happen. Like, I'm going to be these sad fuckers in this bar. And Ed's like, well, no, like, they all have backstories. Like, the backstories that Ed gives to some of the characters in that room is just funny. Just trying to make his friend feel a little bit better after a really bad breakup. And I think we can all relate to that. Who's ever been in a relationship or ever had a bad breakup? Like, having a friend comfort you, trying to make a smile on your face. And, like, you really love this relationship between Sean and Ed because it's very, for me, it's relatable to how me and my friends are. We would do anything to make each other feel a little bit better, like, do anything just to get a smile, even if it's coming up with fucking ridiculous backstories with the people around you.
0: Right. So, by the next morning, a zombie apocalypse has completely overwhelmed London, but Sean is too hungover and too <laughs> just fucking oblivious to even notice and it's so funny because he goes to the store Mm -hmm. he gets himself ice cream Mm -hmm. you know to cure his hangover because we all know that one of the best hangover cures is a Cornetto um, walks back home, it, like, in, and all of this destruction is happening around him. Yeah. There are people turning into zombies. There are people eating other people. There are cars crashing. And he's just so hungover and so, like, he's absorbed so into his in routine. Himself. Right. And like, not like, only. doesn't him. Yeah. Not only is this his routine, you know, h- be hungover, go to the store, grab an ice cream, go home, and just deal with it. Mm-hmm. He's also going through this, like, reflection at the time right. you know like he's taking into consideration the fact that he fucked up. just yeah. broke up with him yep. for fucking up for you know again for the mm-hmm. last time and you know he's just completely completely oblivious so he goes home to where ed is chilling out on the couch and they notice something in the garden mm-hmm. and they go out and they think it's just a girl like oh I wonder what she's on like mm. oh she's probably hung over too like <laughs> hey and uh She's not hungover. She's a zombie. (laughs) And and that's where the whole Bloody Mary thing comes into play. Uh, They actually take. So we learn briefly that Sean used to be a DJ. Yeah. And he has quite the collection of records and albums. (laughs) And so they're trying to find something to, you know, they realize that they have to
1: aim for the aim head aim for the
0: head and it's actually funny kind of draw back a little bit uh, Ed goes to call them zombies or he does call them zombies and, and Sean's like you said, don't say that the said word <laughs>
1: the, as English people would say the said. the said word the Z word don't say don't say the Z word don't
0: say the Z word um, and so they actually they ransack Sean's collection mm-hmm. throwing Records, frisbee, like at these zombies. Batman and soundtrack, he's like, right? He's like, "How do you feel about this one?" He's like, "Oh, I kind to like." That it. was the second print, <laughs> second press they go over. Why would you? T- yeah, that was a good one. So after this happens, they take out the zombies. They go back into their house. They realize what's going, you know, what's going on. That they're in this mist of this zombie outbreak you know Sean kind of freaks out he's like oh my god what about my mom what about Liz because you know he's still they just broke up the night before yeah he's still hung up on her and he still you know wants to get back with her and stuff so Sean and Ed form a plan to rescue Sean's mother Barbara and Liz and wait out the crisis at the Winchester. Hence, take car, go to mom's, kill Phil, sorry, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all of this to blow over. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Uh, They escape in Pete's car, so, flashback to the bite mark that Pete had for some drunk guy yeah so Pete got bit by a zombie but they didn't realize that at the time they steal Pete's car and go and pick up Sean's mom and his stepdad Philip, who they do not have a great relationship at all and Sean actually only sees his mom twice a month by monthly visits And he loves his mom. But you have to remember, folks, Sean's a bit of a fuck up. So he manages to miss things like Mother's Mother's Day Day and birthdays and stuff. So uh, before this, Phil actually contacted Sean. It was like, you know, make sure you buy your mom flowers. Mm -hmm. And so he did. And then the flowers don't happen because the zombie apocalypse happens instead. So he tried. Mm-hmm. Sean really tried.
1: You know, and I think you see this theme where he's very, you know, he, in the beginning, I feel like, on a side note, this, Simon Pegg plays his character so well. Out of the um, Carnito trilogy, Sean is the most, you see a lot of change in Sean. Like, he's the most well-developed one in and this. And I think
0: he's definitely, in my opinion, the most likable of the three characters yes, that he plays in the trilogy. I
1: agree. And you do see a lot of change in him, especially with, you know, you know this. we have this huge problem. We have the apocalypse happening. You know, his priority is help mom. If if be kill phil <laughs> philip mm-hmm. um get his girlfriend back even, even if they're not together but you know he's carrying you know he still has a good heart like yeah he fucks up but you know he cares about the people around him because you know it's all about survival and so we see um philip is actually he also got hurt and you see that you learn about how phil um philip has been in Sean's life for 17 years Sean had lost his father at the age of 12 for unknown reasons and you know um, we learn after Sean gets Liz and Daph and Diane from their apartment and like, try to get everybody together we see this really one of the, I think one of the best moments in the film where you see Philip kind of saying hey you know you know you grew up you gr- you've been so grown up when I first met you at age 12 like you know I wanted to be that role model for you and like Sean is at that moment where he's like oh my god I'm about to lose this person and Sean realizes that Phil only was just hard on him because he wants him to do better in his life to be a better person to have a role model and it's a very touching moment where you know basically Phil Philip is dying in Sean's arms and Philip is saying like take care of your mom like this is going
0: on while Ed is fucking driving like a lunatic throughout the whole, <laughs> the whole right the, and whole thing. At this point, they're no longer in Pete's car, the roommates' car that yep. they stole, because they went to rescue uh, Barbara, mm-hmm. Sean's mom, and Philip. And Phil, stepdad Phil, has a very nice car, nice a very jag. nice car, nice Jag. Yeah, very nice Jag. <laughs> and uh ed's like oh hey i want to drive that one so he crashes pete's car (laughs) so they have to take phil's jaguar Mm -hmm. so all of this is happening in the back of phil's jaguar because ed crashed pete's car yep
1: yes and it just and then you know sean's like you know you need to stop the car and ed's like why like no we're gonna go blah 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 and Sean basically you see him starting to lose his shit, his patience, like his re- you, you see the relationship between him and Ed kind of kind of borderlining of where things are gonna get really bad soon. And obviously Philip dies and then he turns into a zombie and people are like, What the fuck? What's going on? So it I- it's one of the good moments where you see a little bit of glimpse of Sean's Personal relationship with Philip, and like kind of seeing, like, you know, maybe there is a way to get out of this. I have to do something. Like, Philip is telling me, you need to grow up, be a man, and get your shit together.
0: Right. So, after, you know, Philip makes peace with Sean, dies from his bites, becomes a zombie, and they take him out, they actually end up abandoning the vehicle and continuing on foot. Um, and they realize that the streets surrounding the Winchester, because that's the ultimate goal at this point. They're trying to get to the Winchester. So right now we have it's Sean. It's Ed. It's Barbara. Sean's mother. It's Liz. Sean's ex-girlfriend. Di and. Daph or David. David. Yes. Um, who are Liz's friends who highly disprove of Sean. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of cunts, but we won't go into that. Um so it's them and they continue on foot. They're trying to get to the Winchester. They see that the streets surrounding the Winchester are overrun. So I believe it's Sean who gets the idea to pretend to be zombies. Mm-hmm. And they all act as as, as zombies to speak out uh, not speak but sneak um around and get to the Winchester. Sneak past this horde. Yeah. And Outside of the Winchester Sean actually takes it upon himself To distract the horde away While everyone else Takes refuge inside Mm -hmm. So here we actually see And it's funny How it takes a zombie Apocalypse and and it's funny because they actually Touch base on this in The Walking Dead as well Sometimes Mm -hmm. it takes a zombie apocalypse For you to realize your full potential Yeah Um Sean actually has leadership skills, yeah, and he can be a good role model, Mm -hmm. and he can be a protector, and he can save the day. And this is when we really start to see, and I think that Philip's talk with Sean had a lot to do with this, yeah. Along with Liz breaking up with him the night before, because you know she just had pretty much had it with his mediocrity Mm -hmm. and then there's more in the morning you know when he woke up hungover he had pretty much had it with his mediocrity as well so he was taking upon himself taking advantage of this situation yeah these are the people that i care about Mm -hmm. i don't care what my relationship status is with these people right now i Mm -hmm. care about them so i'm gonna get these zombies the fuck away from this place so you can go inside and seek refuge
1: yeah and and, i to relate it to like reality in life like because we never know maybe there'll be an apocalypse but like an I'm indif- so ready.
0: <laughs> oh my God, I'm so ready for a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> I am Like not. bring it on.
1: Um, you see in like human nature and, and people like sometimes you just have to hit rock bottom in order to really change something or be put in a situation where you really shine through and this is a perfect example of an individual who's kind of been shit on his luck, hasn't been through the best things, you know. He's taken for granted of the people around him, like his mother and his ex-girlfriend, and he hasn't really done anything, and this is where he really could do something. He's put in the situation where there might not be an out, but he's trying to find an out, and I think a lot of people can relate to that, and that's I feel like that's why so many people really enjoy this first film, In the trilogy, and Sean is such a relatable character. Oh, yeah. Like,
0: I believe that we can all relate to Sean at one point or another. I think we've all had that situation or been in that situation where we feel mediocre. And we feel like we're just getting by and Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, to bring a pun into play, you know, being a zombie, you yeah. know, just kind of going through the motions, going through life and I think we all have moments like that and whether something drives us to be that way mm-hmm. you know, or we're just trying to get through a situation. Yeah. Um I think there are moments, you know, uh, maybe not to this extreme, but it's the relatable factor. Yeah. Um, I think that at some point, like, you can see a little bit of yourself in in Simon Pegg's character. Yeah. And I think I love the way that Simon Pegg portrays this character oh, as well. Oh, yeah. He, he's such a... I think he's an underrated actor. Oh, I completely agree. Completely agree with that. He, he's adorable. And he has this way of approaching roles Mm -hmm. in a I want to say like nonchalant kind of way. You know what I mean? Like it's it's no big deal. I'm going to play this role. And I think like
1: if you see a lot of his roles like especially in Mission Impossible, Star Trek, you know he plays secondary kind of important characters where in this one he's leading the pack. He's leading a team. He's like first in line. And to see like him as an actor grow from Shaun of the Dead to now like he's he's so adapt to he can adapt to any role that is thrown his way right and it is it's unappreciated and he's just I love him he's like on my top three of gingerbread men like he's just (laughs) out there I love Simon Pegg like there's all the movies I've seen most of all of his movies I just love him he doesn't get enough love
0: see I'm that way with Nick Frost for some reason (laughs) I don't know what it is don't ask me to explain it but I love Nick Frost and I know that Nick Frost is actually in the second season of Into the Badlands Mm -hmm. Patrick watches that I haven't had the opportunity to watch it yet but it definitely catches my interest and like I'm just like ah I need to watch that Mm because I love Nick Frost like if you've never Ever seen Attack the Block, see it. It's great. Not only does it have John Boyega yeah. in it, um, you know, of Star Wars fame at this point, but uh it also has Nick Frost mm-hmm. and some other great uh characters as well. So it's good, but I digress. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so and Patrick isn't even here and we're I know. going off topic. Uh so anyways, Sean uh Takes the horde away from the Winchester. So his family and his friends can get into the Winchester. And Sean himself then joins them in the Winchester. So they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. Uh, Barbara, Sean's mom, reveals that she has been bitten. And this scene, oh my goodness. This is so incredibly sad. Because one of Sean's main goals is to save his mother. Mm -hmm. And he couldn't do it. On side
1: note, they've only did one take of this. And I know that Sean, uh, Simon Pegg, used inspiration as his mother, as if his mother was dying. And him and Nick Frost were really emotional doing this scene with um, Penelope uh, Wilton, who plays Barbara. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They talk about that a lot.
0: So, yeah, it's an intense scene. And it's so sad. It's so sad. Because not only... Is his mother, like, going to turn into a zombie? Uh, But Sean, after experiencing this breakthrough, he immediately has a personal setback. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're sitting there and you're watching it and you're like, wow, what is he going to do? Yeah, You know, is he going to digress? Mm -hmm. Or is he going to use this as ammo? Yeah. And... Push forward and continue on his on his journey, yeah. and ultimately that's what he does. Uh, Barbara being bitten by a zombie ultimately turns into a zombie, and Sean takes care of her. Yeah, um, which again, uh, so not only is she bitten by a zombie, turns into a zombie. Sean is the one who takes care. Of it, he shoots her. Right, so that has to be an an intense burden as well. I
1: feel like that was probably the climax in that story of Shaun of the Dead, where you know he already suffered one blow into his life, where he loses Philip, a family member, but to lose his mother as well in the same day, not even probably an hour or two later, having to see her having to see her turn into a zombie and then having to face the fact that he has to do it because he doesn't want someone else doing the job and like he needs a moment to like you know i just lost my mother and he had to unfortunately kill his mother so that she doesn't you know put harm on others and you can see him just having this where he that fuel that mo to just get the shit done like let's get the fuck out of here let's get through all of
0: this and try to find it out. So after this happens, the horde eventually makes their way into the Winchester. So David is torn apart by the zombies. Diane rushes out to rescue him. Wynn disappears into the horde. Pete, remember him? The roommate is a zombie now and bites Ed. But Sean shoots Pete and sets fire to the bar. So they're in the Winchester. The Winchester is a bar. He sets it on fire. The fire spreads, setting off rifle ammunition that is on top of the bar. Mm-hmm. So while Sean, Liz, and Ed flee into the cellar, and that's where they like Ed's been bit, mm-hmm. and only Sean and Liz are left. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a dark scene because they're all, but it's like in in typical like Edgar writes Simon Pegg, Nick Frost fashion, it's still kind of humorous. Um, They contemplate suicide. Yeah. They're like, well, let's see, how do I do it?
1: And Liz is like, "Mm, I can't do it. I don't have the stomach. And then so Simon Pegg is basically like doing animation to like, okay, so I shoot you and then I shoot myself and, Brains explode everywhere and then he's like no I can't do it like it's it's a sad scene but it's also a funny scene which I feel bad for laughing but it's like you get the humor of, of what's going on in that situation
0: you're right and it's it's a funny situation it, it makes light of what could be a really intense situation yeah Um, So they're down there, and they actually discover a barrel hatch elevator that opens to the outside. So Sean and Liz escapes. Remember, they haven't been bitten. They're not going to be zombified. While Ed, bitten Ed, wounded Ed, potentially zombifying as we speak, Ed, uh, volunteers to stay behind and and kind of protect them. You know, he has a gun. He's going to do what he can to let them escape. And as they roll outside, the British army rolls up with the cavalry and the day is saved and everything's great. So... It flashes forward to, I want to say, what, like six months? Yeah, six months later. Later, um, we see Sean and Liz there together. Sean has has gotten his happily ever after. Yeah. They're living in the loft that Sean and Pete and Ed shared. Um, they're looking back. They're actually watching TV, and they've turned zombies into uh they use zombies as cheap labor and yeah. entertainment. Yeah. Um, there are shows similar to, like, that Wipeout. You remember that Wipeout show that was yes. really weird? Yep. Kind of like those, like, Japanese, like, yes. him gold shows. Um,
1: Which was, like, on Spike TV. Oh, yes. I can't think of it. Something X involved. I don't remember. It's shit, I can't think of
0: it. But anyways, so they're using zombies for X reasons. Um, and... Sean and Liz look very happy together, and Sean says that he needs to go get something from the shed, and then he goes out in the shed, and you see zombified Ed <laughs> sitting on a couch, tethered to like the side of, of the shed, yeah. and playing video games, yeah. and it's... Pretty much recreating the scene, and that's what I love too. Like they like to recreate scenes and reuse yep. dialogue. Yeah. So, it, pretty much recreating the scene from the beginning, where they're playing video games, and Zombie Ed tries to bite Sean, <laughs> and he's just like, "No, no!" Like, and hey, they play, yeah. they play video games, and, it's, and I think that's the happiest ending ever. Yeah,
1: it's really nice. I like. I really love his Sean's. Relationships with all the characters in the film, especially with, you know, he gets his happy ending. He still has his best friend. And it's such a good movie and it's such a great character. And I can see why so many people love this film. And on some little side notes, this is the first film that Wright and Peg ever wrote... They, this is the first one that they ever wrote together. Cause, really? Yeah, um, They were very hesitant to write with each other. They had different processes of how to... Like, doing certain things. And, like, Peg was really optimistic about this fil- um, this movie being written. Um, uh, inspiration for Shaun of the Dead. Um, Wright and Peg worked together on a television show called Space. And, oh, yes. And in season one episode art peg's character tim takes some bad speed and he's hallucinating as if he was in a resident evil 2 game and causes it causes him to have hallucinations and believes that he is fighting zombies so right decided hey i can take that spin that off and make a zombie film and they this is such a perfect relationship i love the movies that they do together and a little fun fact: um, Barbara who calls Sean Pickle. It's actually hello, pickle, hello, pickle. <laughs> um, Wright's mother called him pickle really through grammar school when he she was a teacher and used it as like a way to embarrass him. So he kind of you see a lot of that with Wright's film where he kind of pays nods to a lot of people in his life, like his mother and um, his uncle. in the next movie we'll be talking about next week uh, about Nicholas Angel. And it's just, it's such a great movie. And I, it's one of the best characters to really relate to. You do see so much happening to him at once. And, you know, we, we all can be Sean sometimes and we can all just try up in the end and have our own happy ending.
0: Well, no, that's so true. I completely agree with that. It's one of those, you know, if you aren't happy with mediocrity and just put a little effort into it. Get shit
1: done. Do something. If you're not happy,
0: make the change. Yeah, that's I, I love this character I love Sean Simon Pegg his name's not Sean it's Simon, it's Simon um, Pegg. fun fact this was actually the <laughs> first know. no I'm, I'm not gonna go into all the nitty gritty details I was just gonna say that this is the first movie that Patrick and I ever watched together I know because
1: well Patrick told me the backstory and when I got uh, that gift that you got I got gave to you guys that little poster of Sean where it says the dogs can't look up was kind of a. Sorry, like dogs can look up. They can look up, and I knew how much that movie meant to you guys in multiple ways. And I was like, you know, this is a thank you for like getting me that interview at work. And I don't know if Patrick told you the story, but yeah, I was like, you know, this is for you guys because you guys are awesome, and I know Aww. how much how much Shaun of the Dead means to you and Sean as well.
0: It was actually our first date. Aww. So yeah, the first time. So. We met, okay, so this is going to sound really cheesy, but this was like seven and a half years ago. We met online, um, and we just couldn't stop talking to each other. I know, Patrick couldn't stop talking, right? (laughs) But at this point, he still let me talk. Like, he he would talk, and then I would talk, and we would have legit conversations, Um, because you know that's how that works. And we just couldn't stop talking, and so I was... Like, dude, either this guy and I are going to be like best friends or it's something else. And luckily it was both. And yeah, so he ended up coming over to my apartment. I had a roommate at the time who wasn't home and we he brought over shot of the Dead. And that was...
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'll leave it at that. But yeah. Um, I think so that we have a voicemail from that dude that lives <laughs> at your house. <laughs> do we want to go into voicemails, shot of the dead voicemails right now? Yeah, I
1: think, you know, it's okay. a perfect time to do that. And um, I think first up will be Patsy, the pain in the ass nerd. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and obviously we're doing the Sean one first. Yes, please. Yeah, okay, just
3: make sure. Well, hello, for uh, for our Thursday listening audience. Also, Nicole, who is mean to me, and Ashes, who is less mean to me, and Johnny Wolfenstein, who is never mean to me and is also bootylicious. Uh, I'm sorry I'm not able to make it to the show today, but as you can tell, for like the fourth straight week, I really don't have a voice. So I just wanted to uh, weigh in on... Uh, Sean from Shaun of the Dead with my thoughts. Um, I think Sean is a great character because he's just, you know, the average guy and he goes through, I think, what pretty much any one of us would do, you know, to save his loved ones, you know, his mom and Liz. Uh, and I really found it fascinating that he was able to uh, <coughs> uh oh my god sorry uh he was able to um you know wrangle things the way he did and get everybody to what uh he thought was a safe place um i mean he did his best you know it's not his fault that you know things went awry uh da- david was uh, an absolute dipshit you know throwing the the uh, trash can through the window and kind of ruining everything. But, um, you know, I think Sean is one of those very relatable characters because, you know, he's doing his best. He's, you know, just, he's not sure what he wants to be when he grows up and he's not really, you know, sure about what he wants to. What he wants to do he, he knows what makes him comfortable And that's, you know, hanging out with Ed And hanging out with Liz And going to the Winchester and having a pint You know, he has his routine You know, his things that he does On pretty much a daily basis You know, and he likes to stick by that You know, Liz wants to go out And do her adventurous things And, you know, in a way You know, they both got what they wanted When the zombie outbreak hit Because, you know, Liz got her adventure And, you know, Sean showed how mature he could be. And at the same time, you know, he was able to kind of stick to his own routine, you know, because he knew, you know, how he knew the Winchester well and he knew the area around the Winchester well. You know, he was able to guide his group where they needed to go. And he was able to learn very quickly, like he learned very quickly on the fly between, you know... Uh, fighting the two zombies in the backyard to, you know, watching the TV and ascertaining all he needed to know. Uh, I would like to say he's a a natural uh, shooting a rifle. That was pretty awesome. But yeah, I think they both got really what they wanted. You know, while, you know, Liz claimed to want more than what she was you know, what she was currently getting, all she really wanted was to for Sean to show some maturity and some, you know, uh, to be like a go-getter. I'm trying to think of the motivation. Yeah, there we go. To have some motivation to go and, and make himself better. And I think he proved that he could do it by dealing with a situation that nobody was prepared for you know he had you know maybe not all the answers but he was the only one that had a, a solid plan and he was able to go ahead and you know, you know like he said you know he he wasn't able to save everybody he wanted to save but you know he was going out fighting and he was fighting for all the people that he loved, and he took responsibility for what he needed to take responsibility for, you know, especially when it came to his mom. You know, he made the hard call that needed to be made, and, you know, I I, I think that the movie shows a lot of growth and a lot of uh, character development for Sean, uh, probably Sean more than anybody. I mean, everybody else, their characters are pretty static throughout the entire film. But Sean, while keeping his his own sense of uh, you know his sense of humor and his personality intact, um, he he uh, he becomes what he was meant to become, and I think he also decided. Maybe subconsciously at the end of the film To kind of channel The loss of his loved ones You know, taking sugar in his tea Using Ed's catchphrase Um, I thought that was a nice touch So uh, I'm going to not ramble on anymore Except to say I just want to throw it out there That all I wanted was for Nicole to come over and watch a movie, and she didn't want to watch the movie. I was like, Nicole, come over, watch a movie with me and Ashes and... Uh, Sandy, and come <laughs> over and watch the movie and we will give you mac and cheese and fries and, and pizza rolls and ice cream. And her response, she said she was going to burn my desk down and <laughs> set me on fire. So, you know, you try to be nice to Nicole and she, she wants to uh, 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 immolate you, which is not cool. Nicole, immolation is not cool. All I offered you was ice cream, and you responded with immolation. I think that was a little over the top, but uh, I will let you guys discuss. Uh, Have a good uh, recording times, and uh, uh, I'll see you at home. Uh, He's such a...
0: Okay.
1: (laughs) Can I... You know what I'm so glad you're not in the studio You know you pissed me off Okay So in response Yes He did invite me Second I said Possibly if I can If not I have things to do I have to get up I'm going to California This weekend And I'm dealing with a lot at home And I have shit to do And like It was nice of Patrick To invite me over to your house And have fun But Patrick likes to piss me off I think we all know that. He likes to piss me off at his puns, his fucking awful puns. You know, like they say, it's better to be pissed off than pissed Pissed off. Yeah, that's that's what my dad says all the time. And so he kept annoying the crap out of me. And I was like, I've had enough. If you keep this shit up, I'm going to light your desk on fire at work. So I just sent him pictures this morning of me just having... Just angry. Yeah, okay, anyways patchy you're mean and we have another we have another uh, voicemail from dynamo mars
4: throw down thursday sean of the dead i think that um uh, sean of the dead is amazing and every time i think that uh i like uh The either the first two of this trilogy better than the other, I'll watch it and that will be my favorite one. Um, I I think what's interesting about um, Shaun of the Dead is even though it's not that old, I think it's a really interesting time capsule because I feel like uh, you know, there's something to be said for the fact that Generation X uh, or the baby boomers, you know, or or that kind of gray area that you know, people my age and Simon Pegg's age sort of live in is that you know cast is sort of lazy but the reality is that we rise you know i I think the metaphor or or the the inference rather is that we'd rise to the occasion uh when shit goes down um i don't know that that's necessarily the case for the generation coming after mine i think that they will be eaten by zombies um this is kind of a, a quintessential uh, Simon Pegg role. He is in Nick Frost too. Uh, is not too different than his character in Space or some of the other stuff that he did before that. Um, but but uh, Shaun of the Dead is an awesome uh, movie. Um, Agent Nicole, I have a question for you specifically. But uh, Ashes and Patrak can uh, you know jump on this? Um, what superhero would you cast uh, Simon Pegg as? Uh, thank you very very much I love you guys and I hope you do very well bye
1: Ah, thanks Dynamo for your voicemail and we love you
0: too um <laughs> <laughs> why you have that face because I know who I would cast Simon Pegg as actually Simon Pegg and Nick, Fro- Nick Frost who? the tick god that'd be good. Yeah, I and see that. the ticks, the the bunny, but he's not a bunny. I, d- I haven't seen the series, but I could totally see it. Like his sidekick, it's is it like a moth? <laughs> I haven't seen this show in a long time. Somebody help me out out there. Like, okay, so I know it's it's he looks like a bunny, but he's not a bunny. Oh, let me get this up. Like <laughs> Mothman, <laughs> Mermaid Man, and Barnacle
1: Boy. Uh, maybe the tick and his sidekick. Do do do, do do do. His psychic's name is Arthur. <laughs> he's an accountant.
0: Yeah, but like he wears a suit. Yeah. He looks he's, like a bunny. Yeah, he he looks like a
1: bunny, yeah, you're right.
0: Right? But like that yeah. that's that's so like Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. That
1: is, I could definitely see that.
0: Spoof!
1: Hold on. I gonna I was about to burp, but I'm not gonna burp. Um <laughs> <laughs> um so great. in case you were wondering Nicole was about to burp but I she's burp. not going to burp I'm not going to burp Um so I love Simon Pegg and there's so many roles that he could play Um I kind of see Simon Pegg instead of him being a good guy why not be a bad guy Um the Riddler I think he'd be a great Riddler Ooh. the Riddler yep Um the Music Miser which is in the Batman universe He did one, epi- um, did one episode In Batman the Brave and the Bold um, Scarecrow Why not um, Agent Bob from Who is a sidekick of Deadpool he, His name is Agent Bob Of Hydra I can also see him playing Mr. Fantastic From the Fantastic Four If they ever redo it Again because the last film Was just shit um, I can also see him playing somebody else that I had in mind and I just can't remember it, but I, I really can see, oh, he could play Scott Lang Ant-Man if Ant-Man wasn't to Paul Rudd. And I know that Edgar Wright was associated with Ant-Man like writing it, and he was supposed to direct it, but couldn't, he would have been a really good Scott Lang as well. So those are some of my options. I hope you enjoy them, Dynamo. Um, Patsy, anything from you? No? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He's probably like... Radio (laughs) (coughs) selling.
0: But on that note, is there anything else that we want to talk about with Shaun of the Dead? I think that just about wraps up our Shaun of the Dead conversation. So I think we're ready to uh, discuss whether or not dogs can look up or not. Yep. And go to our last break. Yep.
2: There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and trick-or-treat radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like a ah. took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This uh, podcast is uh, out banned in Germany.
3: A me, Giovanni Lombardo Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand
2: <laughs> yeah. someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lombardo. Okay. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she yeah. a great
4: big fan person? You just hit the jackpot.
2: This is a weird movie, huh? <laughs> it had
4: action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm
2: going to yeah. strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The, the Box, okay. right? The Box and The Monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Trick-or-Treat Radio.com. be there. Stoops, Pat Hanks.
1: Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. And you are listening to Throwdown Thursday on the Grand Guineal Network.
0: Agent Nicole has crazy hair right now and she I doesn't do. care. Yeah, you do. Oh, shit. You're like a cute little treasure troll. Meow.
1: <laughs> I don't know what trolls sound
0: like, but like like, I don't... I haven't seen the, the troll movie, but I, I don't t- think trolls sound like that. Oh, they can't um,
1: dance. They can't stop dancing, They right? can't stop dancing? Yep. Justin until they're like,
0: yeah, can't stop dancing. Stop out Oh. Um, oh, my God. So, speaking of Gem, real quick... My friend Amber and I had a gem day the other day. I heard about this. And dude, guys, she bought me a gem doll. That is so cool. Like it's like the crazy hair gem from nineteen eighty six. I'm that's like awesome. uh, I'm I was geeking out. I was like, oh my god, I almost cried. I'm like, I'm seriously almost crying over a doll right now. It was fantastic. So, Amber, if you are listening, thank you again so freaking much. I had a blast. We played with her gem dolls. <gasps> that's we were so sitting cool. there, yeah. We were sitting there like watching gem and like dressing up gem in all of these crazy, like eighties fantastic, that's outrageous so cool. outfits. It was so much fun. So anyways, instead of talking about our last battle results... Hashtag um, I failed at putting shit... Hashtag shit happens. We are actually going to take this opportunity to talk about the Wonder Woman movie. So we have all had the opportunity to go see it. If you have not, I'm going to warn you right now. We are not censoring ourselves. This little... I don't know what you want to call it like movie review discussion Talk, discussion little chat um, is going to be just full of spoilers so if you have not seen Wonder Woman and don't want to hear anything about it we will see you next Thursday but if you have seen Wonder Woman or don't care about a couple of chicks and Mr. Wolfenstein and a voicemail from Patsy potentially ruining the movie for you then uh, or if you've seen it, then stick around because that's what we're going to talk about. So, um, this is your last warning. We're going to really seriously talk about this. We're going to ruin your life life by spoiling
1: spoiling the movie. We're not
0: going to ruin your life. (laughs) We're not life ruiners. But, you know, we are going to talk about some Wonder Woman because this movie was amazing. Oh my god. Like, this movie was everything. So, this is your last warning if you have not seen it. And don't want to know anything about it. Bath, Alicia. (laughs) Okay. I think we're good. So I think we're going to start out this segment by playing the voicemail from Patsy and seeing what he has to say before voicing our opinions on the movie.
3: Hey guys, I know you were going to be talking about Wonder Woman today, uh, because we just saw the film, and I just wanted to throw my two cents into it. Uh, in my opinion, and you know, this is just my opinion, uh, this was the best superhero film I've seen, uh, and we've seen pretty much all of them with the exception of the second Guardians of the Galaxy film, but this was so important for so many reasons, and you know, I'm... Quite sure that Patty Jenkins is not going to spend the next fourteen years doing straight to TV movies, uh, because you know this was an incredible achievement. Um, she did what you know Zack Snyder was unable to do, what David Ayer was unable to do, um, and that is take you know the the one of the most beloved. Uh, key superheroes and make a good DC movie with that superhero I mean this is a character that's been around for 75 years plus and this is f- the first time she's ever been in her own feature film yes I'm, I know she's been in her own animated films but that's not the same and yes I know she had uh, arguably the best part of the Batman 5 Superman film but this is long overdue. Uh, Wonder Woman is an iconic character and you know, my my hat is off to Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot and pretty much everybody who was in the film, like all the different Amazons. Um, I couldn't find anything wrong with this film. Like I... <laughs> I loved it. I loved the casting. I loved the acting. I loved the, the subtle comedy, which, you know, to this point, DC has failed to do. Um, they really haven't been able to elicit any any genuine laughter. Maybe, like, maybe a chuckle, like, oh, huh, I guess that's kind of funny, or you know, something like that. But there's never been any real uh, laughter to any of their films because they've, everything's just been so dark. I just I love the way Jenkins did, you know, the contrasting style between Themyscira and and uh, you know, England and I love the way that that they uh were able to uh let Gal Gadot really be who she was in this uh what's a good word? phallocentric uh you know, uh, state of affairs, you know everything like what's a woman doing in this room? and you know all that all that stuff. Um, I don't understand any of the criticism surrounding you know like, oh, why isn't she wearing red, white, and blue? Why isn't she being American? First of all, nothing in this film had anything to do with America. I'm just pointing that out right now, okay. Uh, Yes, I know that Chris Pine Had an American accent But he was a British spy And I know what you're thinking Why wouldn't a British spy Have a British accent Well, if you're a good spy People don't know that you're a spy Okay, like if nobody knows Who you are You're doing something right It also showed uh, the, The Real horrors and traumas Of you know what they used to call shell shock, which is now post traumatic uh, stress disorder. But at the time of World War One, they called it shell shock. You know, you see with uh, uh, I think his name was Charlie, Ewan Bremner's character, uh, the the sniper, um, and you know the people returning, and you know, you know, it's so great to see, you know, her reaction. It's like she refuses to leave anybody behind she refuses to just you know let people suffer when she can help and it was so refreshing to see like i i i had a real genuine emotion i know i'm not the only one i know a lot of folks talked about it you know uh miss wiley from atlantis um Jeremy McFarlane, you know, several other folks have expressed that they had genuine emotion watching this film and that it really struck them, and it really struck me too, and you know, I'm really excited to see, like, finally maybe Hollywood will say, hey a woman can lead a film hey a a a woman director can do a great job, you know, as opposed to, you know, just giving them one shot and then never again which is what happened with Patty Jenkins she directed Monster in 2003 and that was the last time she had a real hollywood movie like she directed some tv movies but it just boggles my mind how someone like her can have a movie that was nominated for all kinds of oscars you know and i believe Charlize Theron won for best actress she did But then Michael Bay is allowed to friggin' shit out a Transformers movie every couple of years. Yeah, they make money, but they're terrible films. So, I mean, I don't get it. You know, you make a good film that maybe wasn't an over-the-top box office success, but you see this all the time when uh, a guy director goes out and... You know, it's the first time he makes a movie, and he gets direct. You know, nominated for an Oscar. That guy's making five movies over the next seven years. You know, and it's always a list cast, and always like these top, these top projects. I mean, look at the guy directing Spider Man, uh, Spider Man: Homecoming, Wolfie. I don't remember his name. I know, I know you know it. But what did he do be- before this? Or a guy like Gareth Edwards? You know. uh he didn't have a whole lot under his belt before he did Godzilla um unless I'm confusing it with someone else but you you get my point so uh, I'm gonna stop because now this is like six and a half minutes so uh, that's all I have to say about Wonder Woman I mean it's not but you know I'm not there to continue talking and I'm going to lose my voice even more so I'm going to let you guys go because I know you guys have a ton of stuff to talk about with this so uh, I look forward to listening to it bye
0: bye bye
1: (laughs) see you tomorrow at work
0: so I saw Wonder Woman and the first thought that came into my head as the credits started rolling was it's a about fucking time, <laughs> yep, I agree, seriously, I had tears in my eyes throughout most of the film, yeah. and I apologize for getting so emotional right no, now, but we, it's we're just, getting
1: emotion we both will be getting emotional it's
0: <laughs> it's so much more than a movie it's it's a movement. And I watched all of these girls. Le- and I knew there weren't any end credits, but I still stayed. And I just watched all of these girls leaving the theater, wondering, like thinking to myself, do they have any idea what they just witnessed? Mm-hmm. Any idea at all? And some of them probably won't. But I guarantee that they will be impacted by it. Yeah. I Some totally of them. Um, I saw a. You know how they do, like, they make memes out of Twitter messages or whatever. I'm sorry, I'm not up on the lingo. But, anyways, you know, they say, you know, there, there's a generation of girls growing up with Ray and Jin Erso and Wonder Woman.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, like, that thought makes me so incredibly happy Mm
1: i i you said it perfectly yeah um for me i i was already ready to you know yes finally something finally some a superhero that females can really get behind and also men too but from the beginning to the end i was extremely emotional i didn't know what to expect i didn't know if it was gonna hit me as hard as it did and it really did at some points more so than others um where she one of the scenes particularly where she we see the diane diana um being small her mom she goes to go see the god killer the sword and she, her, she asked who's going to be wielding that, and she's like, Not you. And for me, that kind of struck a chord as like, You're not going to be able to do it. And like, I felt like half of my life I had to prove people wrong that I can do stuff. That, yeah, just because I'm a girl, I can do the same as anybody else just because I have boobs. And you know, it that one really struck a chord for me. It's like, you know. Her mother was just like, nope, it's not going to be you. And I know that feeling where you've been told you can't do it. No, it's not going to happen. It's not going to be you. And, like, that one really hit me hard. Because, you know, hey, I can do whatever I put my mind to. And you see her transform into Wonder Woman. And, you know, there's nothing that's going to stop her. She's going to fight tooth and nail to prove people wrong. And she really did. And this film really put people to keep their put their money where their mouths are basically really
0: absolutely really
1: just showed it's even thinking about it like after i left the movie theater i took me a couple minutes to kind of collect my thoughts stop crying because it was just really emotional from beginning to end where she's just going through all sorts of emotions where she's fighting you know she's there to protect people she's she's not understanding why there's a war and then she learns about the war she learns about love and lost she all the emotions that we all go through and it's so relatable and it was just it it is one of my absolute favorite movies especially with what's going on right now in this world and for women who are struggling this is just such a it's like our anthem I would say. It's oh, our, absolutely. Our anthem, our movie, to just really pump us up like we are all Wonder Woman. No matter if, what size, what color we are, what shapes we are, we're all Wonder Woman in, deep down. We can do whatever we put our minds to and nothing should stop us from achieving any dream, any anything that we want. And you see that in this film. And I loved... I know that they were talking about this. I've seen where one of the scenes where Diana and um, Chris Pine's character, Steve Trevor, they're on a boat and this is all improvised. The sex talk. that Oh, yes. (laughs) That was all improvised. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's just so funny having to explain. And then she's like, oh no, I know what it means. You know, men are just there to reproduce, not for pleasure. And he's like, well, hmm." and it's just, there are moments where I laughed and there are moments that I was just ready to just put my fists in the air and just chant and there are moments where I cried and it's a movie that really puts you through emotional roller coaster, but it, it's a good one.
0: The first scene that really got me was actually one of the opening scenes mm-hmm. where they show the Amazonian women sparring against each other. Yep. And these were real women. Yeah. Like all shapes, all sizes, real women, not heavily made up. Mm -hmm. You know, um, obviously you could tell that some of them were wearing makeup because of theater lighting and dynamics and all of that crap, but they weren't heavily made up. And I loved that. And they were capturing. So these women were sparring against each other which if you don't know what sparring is that's you know when they they fake fight against each other Um, and the way that and this is why I love that a woman Patty Jenkins directed this The way that these women were captured on film was just so beautifully done because not only were they powerful, but, you know, let's face it. Women's bodies are different than men's. That's just biology. That's just genetics. We can't we can't change that. Men are generally average speaking um, stronger than women. However, women are are a hell of a lot more flexible than men. And the poses that they were doing and the way that they were fighting and sparring against each other and the way that it was captured on film was so incredibly graceful, showcasing the way that these women were just... The way they were moving... Mm-hmm. So graceful, yet so powerful at the same time. I, I teared up immediately. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, yes. You know, yep. finally, it's not some man trying to write for a woman's body. It is a woman, you know, a, a woman trying to, not trying to, but a woman writing for a, a woman's body, you know, mm-hmm. a, a woman's perspective on a woman's body. And yep. it was just so incredible and i i I loved it not only that but like i said the fact that they weren't heavily made up and they embraced these women as they they are yeah so you have robin wright who you know she's in her 50s yeah you know she has wrinkles And they didn't try to detract from that, you know. And I'm one of those crazy people who think aging is a beautiful thing. I think that wrinkles and lines in your face and sagginess and everything that you know Hollywood tries to cover up is just absolutely beautiful because that means that you've lived life yeah. and uh, just showcasing that you know not trying to mask these women but celebrating them as they are I just loved that and then flash forward to the fact that Wonder Woman herself is a woman with brown eyes and brown hair now, I grew up in a time where the beauty standard was blue eyes and blonde hair. Yeah, and it still kind of is. And I remember, like, my mom has hazel eyes, and she would always like kind of poke fun at me. I don't think she really meant anything by it because she was my mom, but she'd always be like, "Oh, well, your eyes are brown because you're full of mud," um, <laughs> you know. So, but it kind of, you know, when I was younger, it kind of got to me. I'm like, yeah. "Oh, I'm full of." mud you know and I I just I I felt very like not special Mm -hmm. because of it and I could totally relate you know my natural hair color unfortunately is not pink it is a dark brown color and you know I just felt very unspecial growing up as a child because I didn't fit you know the the beauty standards the that was yep. portrayed in my direction. Yep. You know, oh, yeah. so seeing this strong, and I mean, and Galda Gadot is just gorgeous. Like yep. you know, but but looks aside, like she was just so ferocious and fierce and everything. And seeing that, thinking to myself, wow, this is what little girls. With dark eyes and dark hair are going to look up to, like mm-hmm. this is their new normal like this yeah. is this is what beauty standards are going to be mm-hmm. like just it was so refreshing, and I was just so overcome with emotion thinking of that. Um, you know i i I wish I wish that I had had something like this as a child, we really had to reach. Yep. Oh yeah. We really had to reach as a child, trying to find some sort of feminist icon, mm-hmm. um, you know, female to look up to somebody who was more like us. Maybe somebody who was unlike our parents who yeah. we could attach onto and, mm-hmm. And I'm so happy that this generation of, of girls and boys growing up will have this character to grasp onto. And I think it's
1: it, it shouldn't include... It doesn't necessarily exclude people even now. Like, a lot of people like my age and our ages can really still look up to these people, you know? It's never too late to still make a difference, change.
0: Dude, I want a Wonder Woman tiara. (laughs) As do I. Um, You
1: know, for me, I feel like, you know, I didn't really get that chance as a child to really have somebody to really look up to. I mean, like, you know, you had, like you said, you had to reach. And now it's like, there's so many powerful, inspirational female characters that, you know, I, I can relate to and that I could look up to like, For me, Peggy Carter, it's not just because she's a pretty face, but her character, what she stands for and what she's done, even if, you know, yes, it's all fictional, but it's like it's the message behind it all. That really gets you to do something.
0: And one of the things that I loved about this movie is the fact that everybody served a purpose. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what feminism is equality it's justice for all. So the fact that, you know, every character served a purpose, there were no weak characters. Even Etta Candy was kind of badass in her own way, (laughs) you know, and fucking Chris Pine as Steve Trevor's was phenomenal and you know he, he had this line where he was pretty much like you know I will save the day but you'll save the future and that was just so you know in, in, incredible and watching him blow up in the plane Ugh, like oh my god I, I, and the way that you know Wonder Woman was able to feed off of that and find that power within herself yeah. and to be able to be like you know love of humankind love in general is what fueled her you know and that is something that is so pertinent to now you know it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter what your background is love That's it. Like, love. Love is what's going to get us through through all all of this bullshit. Love is what is going to get us to the other side. And love is what's going to give us strength.
3: I agree.
0: And it was just a culmination of all of that. That was just fantastic.
1: And to tie in Shaun of the Dead to Wonder Woman
0: what what yeah there okay. is
1: okay Eddie candy is diana or diane in Shaun of the dead really yes really yep i gotta find the actress's name but it is
0: yep really i did not know that i, I did not put two and two I together i just put that two and two together right now, i was like wait really yeah okay. oh wow
1: it's hard Next thing you know, someone's gonna be like, Nicole, you're wrong.
0: But hold up. But okay, well, while you're looking at that, I'm gonna kind of just continue with what I was saying. Um, you know, I loved that there were no small parts. Like everyone served a purpose. Like even if it was a mother protecting her child, like that's still even though she seemed weak in that situation because you know, in comparison to Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman's so strong. This 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 mother is seems so weak. Is I am really? right.
1: I am right. Oh wow! I yes. didn't know that. Um, Loose. Lucy Davis is her name. The actress who's played Diane in Shaun of the Dead is Etta Candy in Wonder Woman. Boom. I connection.
0: did not know that. So Mic drop. There <laughs> is a purpose for this conversation right now. We totally did it on purpose. You're welcome, everyone. Um, so, yeah. I just... I loved it. I loved it. And I feel like it's one of those movies that I can just uh, poetically spew on about. Um... But I think it's time to wrap this episode up. Yes. But before we wrap it up,
1: if you like us, subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and Satchel and all Google Play. Leave us a five-star review. Leave us a review so that people notice us. And also, in two weeks, on episode 53, will be our one-year anniversary.
0: It's our engagement party. (laughs) Oh, my God. Anniversary party. (laughs) I was going to say, I meant to say anniversary extravaganza and it came out <laughs> engagement party. <laughs> this has been one rough relationship for a year. I I We're masochists. Like. Um, anyways. So thank you so much for sticking with us and listening to our conversations. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's been, It it was an interesting episode It was fun I know We should do it again next week I think we just might Okay Okay, kitties Until then We will see see you next next Thursday. Thursday You got red on you